This season of Moms in the Middle is brought to you by Lego Duplo. Support your toddler's imagination. But our society is not really set up that way. It's so convenient. And I like to call it a convenience because it's not actually convenient for the environment or any of the other factors when you factor in plastic and plastic waste. Moms in the Middle, the podcast for busy parents who need a little help keeping their hustle in check. I'm Melanie Ng, mom of a busy three-year-old named Josh. And my name is Ivanka Osmak. I have a two-year-old named George. One of my favorite holiday songs, hands down, sorry, Mariah Carey, but belongs to Bing Crosby. You guys know it as well as I do. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Of a white Christmas, just like the one. But in this day and age, it's more like I'm dreaming of a green Christmas, and that's not a bad thing at all. It should definitely be a top of mind if it isn't already, because. We're all trying to reduce our carbon footprint here, right? On a daily basis, everything from going to the grocery store, using those reusable bags, the reusable water bottles, all of that good stuff. The problem is, at least I know personally, I feel like I'm not doing enough, especially over the holidays. It adds up in the holidays. And you notice it more because you're buying more gifts, decorations to, you know, put on the tree or put on your house. You're buying more food. There's more waste. All of that. It adds up, and I just feel so guilty, especially looking at the pile of of garbage or recycling that's on my front lawn after the holidays and think, did it need to be that big? Is that all necessary? Couldn't I be doing something about it? And we all can. And so that mound of garbage and recycling that you're talking about is not in your imagination. So these are the stats. It's estimated that Canadians produce about 25% more waste during the holiday season. That's astounding. Totally believe it, though, right? It's astounding, Mm -hmm. but believable because I know what comes out of our house and, you know, my family's houses after the holidays. I think about the toys that I'll buy George or, you know, nieces and nephews and the plastic wrapping and packaging that it comes in. And you really think, is that necessary? Does that toy really need to be safeguarded and all that crap, right? Yeah. And it's, 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 well, we don't even have to start talking about how difficult it is to get into the plastic wrap and cutting it. And then when you try wrapping it and... I don't think wrapping paper, we'll get our guests to to confirm this, wrapping paper is recyclable, most of it. I think it depends on what it's made of, what it looks like, and so hopefully our guests can break that down. But I know for us, we have this box, right, that we pull out every Christmas, and it's full of leftover um, Christmas wrap and bags and cards and all of that. And we do our best, but you know how easy it is to go to the dollar store Mm-hmm. and pick up 12 more rolls of whatever, and then more glitter, more ornaments, more whatever. So more, more, more is not what we should be doing. It should be less, less, less. And that's where we need to get some answers. Yeah, I agree. So whether it's part of your New Year's resolution to reduce your waste, or you're concerned about the future of our Earth, which I think all of us are, we've got a terrific guest joining us to help us out. Candice Batista is an award-winning environmental journalist and one of Canada's leading eco-advocates. Her career spans national and international media outlets. She has used her background in environmental studies and media and communications to produce and report on various environmental and climate issues. And one more thing about Candace. This is very cool. In 2010, she became one of the few select Canadians to be personal 
personally trained by former U.S. Vice President and environmental activist Al Gore to help deliver his infamous Inconvenient Truth presentation, which is very cool. So welcome, Candace. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you lovely ladies today. <laughs> Quite the resume here. Um, but let's begin with this, that number, that 25% that we mentioned, that doesn't surprise you, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. I actually thought it would be higher, I have to be honest with you. Um, the waste that we accumulate over the holiday period is insurmountable, and it's becoming a major issue even just for our recycling facilities to keep up. You mentioned earlier recycling paper. A lot of Christmas paper can not be recycled. It's going right into landfill. The problem with Christmas is that it's become, or the holidays in general, that it's become about consumption and not about spending time with your family. When I was a kid, you got one present, you were super excited, your parents saved for it all year, maybe you got something fun from your grandparents, but you didn't have the abundance of presents that people are getting today. And a lot of that also has to do with shopping online. And I'm actually working on a story right now about the cardboard box issue after the holidays. Where are all those cardboard boxes going from all those places that we order from? And our facilities are simply not able to keep up with the amount of stuff that we are generating at this time of year. I know we we do a lot of online shopping, as you just talked about, and it comes to the door and it's this, like, tiny little toy. And there's so much bubble wrap. There's so much um, paper that it's wrapped in in this huge box. And you always think, is this necessary? So that's interesting to say because I, I see the cardboard and I think, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It'll be recycled. It's not a big deal. I, I'm okay. Yeah. But it's not, eh? I call it the lazy environmentalist, the people that buy stuff thinking, oh, it can be recycled. That is not the way to approach your purchasing habits. I always compare it to the slow food movement. When you think about where your food comes from, how your food was grown, who grows your food, etc. It's the same thing when you're buying a toy, as an example. Thinking about where that toy was manufactured, who manufactured it, how did it get here? At some point, a human, many probably, touched that toy. You're going to use it in your home for how long? And then what is going to happen to it? So I like to call it pre-cycling. So it's thinking about your things that you're bringing into your home and not just saying, well, I can recycle this because most of the things that we are bringing into our home, we are not recycling. We are, in fact, throwing them right into garbage. And so recycling is, it's good, but it is very far from being um, the solution to the problem that we are in. And the problem is consumption. Um, Let's break it down to some of the specifics. You did mention something about wrapping paper and There are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to wrapping paper. Everyone thinks, okay, it's wrapping paper. Paper is recyclable. I'm okay. Very much a different story from you, Candice, right? Because that's not the case. That's not the case. Recycling is very confusing for people because people don't know what to put in their green boxes. And the cities are trying to be better at telling people what what to recycle, when and how to recycle it. Wrapping paper is interesting because some wrapping paper has a little bit of a laminate film on it. You can see like it's kind of shiny. Most likely that's a kind of a plastic, it's almost like a sheath of plastic that's over that. So that can't be recycled. If it has glitter or any kind kind of metallic in it. It can't be recycled either. So if you do want to wrap your presents, go for something like brown paper, simple brown paper that can be reused or it can be recycled. Um, Use old newspapers, use 
cloth. There's so many great ways to wrap presents. We don't have to be using the traditional wrapping paper. And yes, the wrapping paper is a major issue. And that's because the facilities can't recycle that because it has metal or glitter in it. So the actual machine can't take off the glitter, remove all the um, silver. It goes into the machine. So there's that problem as well from the recycling facility itself. And let's be honest, especially with my children, do they really care about no, the wrapping paper? They don't the care. I know it looks pretty. I don't get me wrong. I know it looks so cute under the tree when you've got all these um, decorations and and you know coordinated wrapping paper. But at the end of the day, they're just going for what's inside. And so I actually did that um, last week. I was at a Christmas party and I wrapped it in newspaper because <laughs> it's what's inside that counts. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So it's just kind of changing your thinking a little bit, right? I think a lot of the time people think that going green or making more environmentally friendly choices is going to harm them in some way or it's like oh I got to do this it's it's going to be more of a deterrent but the, the thing is is just changing your thinking so instead of buying that paper buy the other paper and honestly there's so many cute ways that you can wrap something in brown paper you can look at my website I have so many different ways that you can wrap presents that look so cute and will be a talking point. People will be like, I can't believe you wrapped that like that. You know, that is so sweet. Like we did um, brown paper um, boxes, brown paper wrapped. And then we did, we cut out little ears to look like antlers and we stuck them on the brown paper. So every little present looks like a little reindeer. So it's little things like that. And then of course, cloth. If you have an old shoe bag, put a bottle of wine in it or a cute, like maybe you have a green beauty junkie. You're going to put a bunch of cute products in there, wrap a a burlap bow around it. Like look for natural, um, more sustainable fabrics when you're wrapping your presents and try to stay away from the traditional wrapping paper. I was going to say, I have received so many presents that have been, you know, in in cloth material and I've I've used those ones. I've I've held on to some of them for years and I've reused them and uh, got some back and they're unique. You don't, just tear through it and go next next you go this this is thoughtful yes you exactly put thought into this exactly. present a not personalized present yeah. yeah i love that okay so that's wrappers let's talk about toys i know mm-hmm. a lot of the industries right now um, the industry rather is trying to scale back mm-hmm. they're doing what they can i think it, you you need to have packaging some sort of packaging but what should we target what should we aim for when it comes to packaging So from a consumer standpoint, it's looking for presents that don't come in all of that packaging. So going to a Christmas market, partnering with someone who's making things on a more local level so you can go pick it up. You know, if you are ordering something online, emailing the company and asking them, what is what does your packaging include? If you get a large package and it has a tiny little lipstick in it and it's got like 17 wrappers and you're like, where is the lipstick, right? That happens all the time. Write to the company and ask them, why did you wrap this like this? So it's a communication thing. We need to start talking to each other. We need to start talking to manufacturers. We need to start at that level. I also think from a manufacturing standpoint, we need more legislation because right now, Everything, whether you look at a plastic water bottle, packaging from a toy, it's 100% left to the consumer. The onus is on us. And that's very unfair. There needs to be more balance, period. And I think legislation is one place to start. From the consumer perspective, it's really being mindful. It's, It's understanding, again, I come back to understanding the impact that your choices have. And they do have an impact. You know, the things that we're buying are usually very cheaply made. They're made in third world countries where there's no workers' rights. And these are big issues. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. It is Christmas. It's a it's a holiday time. It's a time to celebrate and be a 
around our families, and we're tending to forget that. It's turned from consumption versus spending time with the family because that's what it was more about. And I know we've talked about this a lot, especially over this season three of the podcast, is recycling gifts. Yes. You know, my my son, he actually loves getting gifts from his older nephew because then he mm-hmm. feels proud that he's playing with his older nephew's toys and he's passed them on and that. now they're his. <laughs> because, you know, Mel and I talk about this. We have so much crap stuff. in our house. So, so much. much stuff. Most of us do. Most of it, yeah, it, whether you have kids or not. And exactly. it just piles up and... And then you're going to throw out, and and their, you know, attention span for toys, or ours too, I shouldn't leave us out as adults, but is so limited. And so I, f- I do feel guilty spending that extra money on buying new, a lot of new toys at Christmas time sure. when he could just be getting something that's been washed up by my sister or my brother and they pass it down. Exactly. Or experience gifts. I know we yeah. talked about that too. Those are the best, honestly, experience gifts or really making it personal. And you don't actually have to wrap anything. Like I have, I'm doing a whole bunch of gift baskets for people. So you can buy curated gift baskets that have a bunch of goodies in them. But sometimes you don't love all the stuff they come in. So make your own. So I'm not wrapping anything. I have a beautiful basket that I bought at the one of a kind show. I've put a whole bunch of goodies in it. I've put a beautiful towel on the bottom and that's what I'm gifting. So I'm not even wrapping it because the basket and just how it looks is so personal and such a present in itself. Yeah. You know, Um, and yeah, you don't want to feel guilty. You don't want to have those kinds of feelings at this time of year. But I also think having said that it is important to have that connection. And it's, it's great when people are saying, the more people that do that and the more people that think about the choices that they're making, the better the environment will be as a result of that. We talk a lot about food on this podcast because we uh, <laughs> like food. to eat. We like to eat. Um, but it is also a time, it's another source of waste and, and it's a huge amount of things that just get tossed over the holidays because everyone eats until they can no longer eat and then whatever's left over, some of it's left over, some of it gets tossed. Um, Because I'll be honest, my husband and I just had a party recently and I was in charge of the food. Don't put me in charge of the food (laughs) because I am going to get this, 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 this. And uh, he was right. We had too much. So we were sending things home with people. Sending I've it home. There. Sending I've it been home. there. I've been there. Is there anything that you can do to reduce that thinking or or to be realistic with what's going to be tossed? Because there are those trays, and depending on where you live, those black trays specifically here for, say, City of Toronto, that's garbage. It is, unfortunately. That can't get recycled. I know different municipalities have different rules, but... You forget about that, and that's a problem. You know, we are we are very lucky to live in this country. We're very, very blessed, and we have an abundance of everything, including food. We're also very disconnected from our food. They did a study in England where they took kids into a grocery store. They've done stuff like this in Canada as well, and they asked, you know, what is the chicken? Like, where does this chicken come from? The grocery store. They had no concept of where their food came from. So I think it's learning that at at an early age helps if you have an understanding. As far as wasting food goes, there's a few things that you can do. Before you go out and shop for a party, shop your fridge first. A lot of people don't do this. I know it seems very self-explanatory and you're thinking, I do that, but you probably don't do it properly. So it's looking at what spices do I have? What do I have in the freezer that I can already use? Because most of the time we're going out and we're buying stuff we already have in the house. I've done it. I've, I buy five avocados and then I come home and I'm like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I have two <laughs> that are like, like going tonight? off, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's looking at your, clo- your, your pantry and saying, what do I have right now that I can 
that, that I can use. Then making a list from there. Um, thinking about each person, how much can each person really eat? It's usually one to two size servings per person and thinking about it in those terms. And then buying things that aren't always prepackaged. So that means cooking sometimes, which can be difficult if you're throwing a, a huge party, but connecting with grocery stores that are also trying to mitigate some of that way. So you mentioned earlier at the beginning, carrying reusable bags mm-hmm. to the grocery store. Store. That's really important. I know that it seems like such a no-brainer, but when you go into a grocery store and you take um, a bag from putting produce in and there's those produce bags, those bags have like a 12-minute lifespan in your home and then they go into the garbage and most of them aren't recycled because they fall apart and they're a very thin, flimsy plastic that's not technically or not usually recycled. So think of that, how short that is. Like you bring it into your home, you unpack those avocados, also, why are we bagging avocados yes, and come bananas in their own wrappers. and in their own thing? Yes. It, it drives me insane. <laughs> so I think it's it's really about pre-planning. How many people are coming to your party, looking at what you already have in your fridge, thinking about giving some of that food away at the end of the night. And then a lot of people don't think about this, but freezing some of those leftovers. Someone gave me that tip after the party. We, they saw all of the fruit that we had left over and I, and I went, well, this is going to go bad. Great. They said, hello, smoothies. smoothies. That's it. That's True. gone in yeah. the freezer. So thank oh, you. It was yeah, a great tip. That's yeah. like freezing your food like people we've kind of forgotten about that and mm-hmm. if you think about do it like your granny did it like think about how your granny approached life everything was simple we mended our clothes if a button fell off we didn't just throw it in the garbage and buy another one we cooked we froze we canned we preserved did all things. of these mm-hmm. things we preserved things so it's trying to get back to that thinking but our society is not really set up that way it's so convenient and I like to call it a convenience because it's not actually convenient for the environment or any of the other factors when you factor in plastic and plastic waste and you think about all that plastic in the ocean it's not so convenient for the fish and we're eating that fish by the way Joining us now is today's parent editor-in-chief Kim Schiffman and Kim I can't help but notice every year on your toy guide you've got to have Lego Duplo. They're always creating something new and it's always included for good reason, I'm sure. Yeah, all the toys are tested and the Lego Duplo construction sets always seem to make it into the guide because, well, for obvious reasons. You know, they're so great for building fine motor skills. They develop building and demolition skills. Kids can hold the little figures and role play. So yeah, just a great lasting toy. Is there anything fresh for 2019 that they've come out with? Oh my gosh, this Mickey's Vacation House. That's the one, George and I got that. And we got to test it, my two-year-old son. And it was fantastic because he, you know, took out the pamphlet. He was excited about reading the pamphlet and getting all the pieces and scattering them all over. But I found that it was really, even as a two-year-old, it was really easy for him to manage with his tiny little hands. Yeah. It makes such a great gift because you know it's going to last and it's never going to feel outdated. It's never going to break. Yeah. And one other thing about the Mickey's Vacation House um, was I couldn't believe George's association with Mickey and Minnie Mouse. I mean, we've never been to, you know, an amusement park like that or anything, but immediately he recognized Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, and Goofy. And even after long we had built and and demolished the vacation house, he was playing with the plane and just pretending that they were all taking their turn to be the pilot. That's so cute. Well, you can see all the toys uh, from the Today's Parent Toy Guide at todaysparent.com slash toys or in our November-December issue. Awesome. Thanks, Kim. Thanks.
So, okay, let's stick with uh, the holiday entertaining then because you've got all this food. What about when you want to serve it on? Because I, I would assume that you shouldn't be buying paper plates and all these napkins and glasses. Um, exactly. So, you, so then you just have to wash your dishes at the end or are you there do. companies that you can rent from? You can, or, exactly. Like, what, would you, what would be your go-to if you're hosting a, a big party? So I do all the time. My husband mm-hmm. and I throw tons of parties, especially in the summer. I have tons and tons of glass plates. I go to Value Village or a thrift store and I buy like a big stack of like 20 plates and that gets stored downstairs in the basement. So when I have a party those suckers come out. I also create stations, which it's actually, when you think about a party, you're, if you're not doing this, you're throwing away about three to four bags of black garbage bags filled with plates and food and packaging and things that food is served on. It's intense amount of waste and it all goes into landfill. None of it gets recycled. When you take all that away, it's actually less work for you to clean up because If you have a stack of plates, this is what I do. So I have a stack of glass plates and I have a million different, all kind of sizes of wine glasses. You pick your wine glass. There's water glasses. I put everything out. So that's the first station. Then I create a waste station that says compost goes here. So as people are finished eating, they just scoop the the the, the leftover foods. You do this at your parties. All my parties. There's never any, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. There's never any, I guess embarrassment the first time you did it that you're no. asking people no no okay. because it's well they know me first of all so <laughs> yes. they're coming to my house they know what they're coming to yeah. um you're kind of very subtly telling them what to do without really having to actually verbally tell them what to do and people actually do follow it like that you scoop off and then there's a big bucket where you just put your plate in and your knives and forks and then at the end of the night all i do is take the plates out and the knives and forks stack that dishwasher and set it on. And if it's full, then I, I finish that load and then add the next one in. So I don't use any plastic. And for napkins, I use all reusable. So I have a stack of cloth napkins that I use for all my parties. Um, and it's just keeping that stuff in your home. If you have a, a small area like a furnace room where you can store some of that stuff, it just makes it easier for you. I like the idea of that station because how many parties have you been to where someone says, where does this, where does this go? Is, hundred. This, is this the garbage? Is Every this the recycling? Time. And you've probably been to one where you're like, I don't know where to put this. And you kind so of you end up throwing, you end up it, throwing it away. Place. So yeah. I have a little bin that says compost your food here. And then next to that, I have recycling. And I have a little picture that has like, because mostly at a party, what are you recycling? Bottles, mm-hmm. beer cans. Mm-hmm. If you have tissues or napkins, they're going to go into the compost. Um, so it's a very easy way to just have a very simple setup in your kitchen that when you go into your kitchen, you're not like this person is like roaming around your kitchen, like trying to find out. <laughs> We've all been there and they're like, oh, where it is? And you end up spending so much time telling people this goes here, this goes there. But if it's set up and labeled, bam, you're done. And it works. I promise you. Um, you mentioned one thing you've taught thousands of kids. You've given yes. a lecture <laughs> to a lot of kids. And, you know, a lot of our listeners, of course, are parents. Sure. And the teachings or the learnings come very early on, or at least they should. I know uh, for my son, Josh, I, I, I teach him to uh, clean up after he eats every day. And at the beginning, when it was very simple, he didn't quite understand. He understood sink and garbage, sink and garbage. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. There's now recycle and green. And he looked at me thinking, well, what goes in recycle? What goes in green? And now he's got it figured out. So before he puts something in, he says, mom, recycle? 
no, 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 he's green. No, And so Aww. it's really cute. And he actually loves the process of learning so what goes where. And he asks me now, which now I don't always have the answers, you know, that he's at this age where I don't know how to explain it exactly. But he wants to know why something goes in this one versus this one, which I love. That's awesome. But in some of the kids you were talking to, how do you have these conversations? Because kids are learning a lot in school in this day and age, but parents need to learn a lot too. They do. And I think that's kind of where the disconnect is a little bit because kids are learning today much more than they did a few years ago. And we have some fabulous schools in Toronto that have green roofs, that have their own little gardens, that have littleless lunch programs, which were rolled out years ago, um, asking parents not to send kids to school with all of this plastic packaging. So packing their lunches in a specific way. So kids are definitely learning about this and and they're worried about the planet. I mean, eco-anxiety is a real thing. I suffer with it all the time. I'm constantly covering these stories and seeing the effects of human consumption on the environment. And it gets sometimes really, really stressful. And kids are really susceptible to that as well. So talking to your kids is really important. But then taking it one step further by really being an example in the home. So if your child is learning about environmentalism and learning about recycling and learning about composting and having to do all these things in school, put their garbage here, put their compost here, and then they come home and none of those things are in practice, it's confusing to them, number one. And they're going to follow most likely their parents' lead as opposed to the school's lead. They're, they're going to follow you as an example. So it's trying to bring those practical things into your own home and keeping them there as well. So your kid sees consistency that, oh, this is happening at school, but it's also happening as well. And kids are very receptive and open um, to learning about the environment. That's been my experience. And a lot of them are like, oh, you know, I want to do this, but, you know, my mom's not really into it. Mm -hmm. So it's really trying to get parents into that way of thinking, thinking more um, in an, in a, in an eco-friendly manner as opposed to just, let's just throw it in the garbage. And it's difficult for some families because not every place in Toronto has the opportunity to compost. Like there's lots of um, apartment buildings and condo buildings that don't have a green bin program. So unfortunately, that garbage is garbage, right? That food that could be composted goes right to landfill. So I understand that, but I think you can still have those practices and continue that conversation at home and really be a, a leader in your home for your kids. So Candace, now is the time of year where a lot of people come up with New Year's resolutions, um, but doesn't mean we have to wait until January 1st. We can start today. What would be some of the resolutions you suggest all of us can adopt? I think there, there are certain things that you can do to be kinder to the planet. And it's really about, as I go back to this all the time, because I think it's such an important point, is really think before you buy. I think that's really, is understanding the impact that you have on the, on the world. And it's not just the environment, it's also other people, you know. It's it's really understanding that that someone somewhere is is possibly suffering um, to make an item that you really really want. So I think for for the new year is maybe cutting out one thing in your kitchen. You know the whole idea of decluttering and the whole idea of 
things that are sparking joy and keeping those things and this whole kind of concept of this. It's all great in theory. But the thing is, is that people get very overwhelmed when it comes to decluttering their homes and they give up a lot of the time. And it's because they're starting in a very big area. Like you might say to yourself, I'm going to start with my kitchen closet or I'm going to start with my pantry or I'm going to start with my garage. Those are really big things to tackle mentally. So start small. Look at your purse. What do you have in your purse? What do you have in one kitchen drawer that you can clean out? So it's, if you are looking to do that, start small and build those habits from there. You can't just go green overnight. It's Our society is just not set up that way. So I don't want to say, you know, starting the new year, you're going to toss out all that plastic and never use plastic again. That's impossible. That whole concept of trash in a jar drives me crazy because it's extremely unattainable for someone like me who walks the walk and talks the talk. I cannot create trash in a jar. I have way more trash every year than can fit into a jar. So it's it's pushing all of that noise away and understanding and doing what you can do. I always say to people, stop using paper towel and see how that goes. I know. Oh, and this is the reaction I, I get can all I the time. The <laughs> you can, but the issue, there's so many issues with something as simple as paper towel and most families are. And that's honestly all marketing. It's 100% marketing. Paper towel is interesting because paper towel mm-hmm. is made from virgin fibers most of the time, which means that we are cutting down old growth forests, one, to wipe our toilet paper mm-hmm. and two, to clean our homes. We simply don't need to do that. For toilet paper, I'm not going to tell you to, to use cloth because I'd probably be killed for that. <laughs> but finding paper that has been already, re- you're buying recycled paper. So not re- like, I don't mean like it's been reused. I mean like the actual paper itself is recycled from other paper. Okay. With paper towels, this is the one thing that I try and teach people so to, mm-hmm. to get rid of in their homes mm-hmm. because you are buying, you are willingly, knowingly buying something you know you are throwing out. Like imagine saying to your grandmother, you're going to buy a product one day, you're going to spend five bucks on two rolls, let's say that's sure. the price roughly, and then you're going to wipe it one time and throw that in the garbage. Like whatever happened to using rags? So for paper towel, what I tell people is what most people do is they buy one reusable cloth to to have on standby to clean their whole house. You can't do that. You have to have at least a dozen and you have to keep them in key areas of your home when you're making that transition. So if paper towel is not for you, then let's talk about plastic wrap or plastic baggies. So it's picking one thing in your kitchen in the new, new year and saying, I'm going to make a conscious effort not to buy this product again, and I'm going to find um, a reusable or a more eco-friendly alternative. And sometimes going green, you do have to buy a few things in order to support that lifestyle. People always say, oh, well, going green, you shouldn't have to buy anything. Well, that's just not the case. But yeah, it's just it's just changing the way you think about things. And paper towel is interesting. Like your reaction, Sorry, I get that I every know, time. I know a lot of people are that way. And I, I have right? a girlfriend... Um, who, as I said, she's an environmental engineer and she's been on me for years about using paper towels. And yeah. it's just, I know, it's I should. Hard. That should I know. be my it is resolution. Hard. But They're it's so honestly easy and quick. It's small. Yeah. Like advertising, they make it sound like it's all, a it's all just, it's that it's the cure for your, like yes. all these products are making your life easier, but they're destroying the planet, like literally destroying the planet. And I'm not lying. I mean, 
you can see the news. You can see the impact that we're having on the environment. Like when I used to talk about this 10 years ago, there wasn't the coverage and the and the the social media outpouring that we're seeing today mm-hmm. of awareness. We just that wasn't the case 10 years ago. So I don't love New Year's resolutions. Just coming back to that, I think it's just picking one thing that you feel that you can do and start building those habits. It's taken me years. It's not something that's happened overnight. I've had to cultivate my thinking and cultivate how I approach my life. And sometimes it's exhausting. And that's why a lot of people give up. Because when you go out into the world, I can use the analogy with weight, is that you're trying to eat well, and then you go to a, a, a mall and you're like, shoot, I didn't eat today. And everything is like a carb bonanza. And you're yeah. like, oh, shoot, now I got to eat a muffin. You know, there's nothing healthy to eat. So it's the same thing is that you give up because the way society is set up, it's not giving you the tools that you need to succeed. And it's the same thing um, when you're starting to live more environmentally friendly. It's very hard because we're surrounded by plastic. It's impossible to just eliminate all of that from your life. Impossible, but definitely possible to make even the smallest 100%, of changes. 100%. Candice, thank you so much for all of these tips. And we're looking to the new year and making some changes. I'm so excited. I hope you give up paper towels. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Thank you. So I think what we've learned here is that you have to make these conscious decisions. It's not it's not easy and you're not going to save the planet overnight, but you can make small changes. Like, what are you going to do, Ivanka? <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious what I'm going to do. I, I feel I feel guilty um, when we were talking about the paper towels, but I do have to limit and even eliminate using paper towels in the house because it's so easy to buy some rags and just have them. And then and then I'm saving money in the long run, right? If, as, as Candace said, you know, it might cost you a little bit more upfront to buy the rags, um, but then you have them and, and I can wash them and keep them forever. So I, She's cringing. I'm going to eliminate. I know, I <laughs> You can know. do this. I, I, I feel really guilty saying I love paper towels, but I love it. They're just so easy and they clean everything up and they're so sturdy. God, it could be an advertisement. So I am going to limit that. What about you? I really liked her ideas about different ways of wrapping um, because I always think, you know, if you're going to do it in newspaper, whatever, it's boring, but it's not. Uh, She did mention here, Candice, about some ways that are interesting to do it. So, by the way, we're going to put all of that on our Instagram page. Really cute, crafty ideas for wrapping paper. Yeah. Just the one thing that she described there, you know, using what you have in the house, making something with, with cloth and putting a ribbon on it that you might already have. People think about that, and there's there is just something very personal when you create something along those lines, a mason jar. Uh, so I'm going to look to that. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can when it comes to presents moving forward to be environmentally friendly. And I think there are ways to get the boys involved in that too, or any kids yeah. is you know if you have brown paper, then they can draw on it. Yeah. You know if it's a present to grandma, they can draw grandma. And if the wrapping's <laughs> horrible, I can blame the blame kids. it on the yeah, kids. There it is. See? This season of Moms in the Middle is brought to you by Lego Duplo. Support your toddler's imagination. As always, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It's really important for us because then we have an idea of what you like and maybe what we can do better. And this is so easy to do. Just go to the app where you downloaded the podcast and rate and review. Five stars, please. Very easy. Yes, and you can always reach us Outside of the episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Frequency Pods or at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. But you want to check into our Instagram page, Moms in the Middle Podcast, because we put a lot of extra content out there. This episode was produced, as always, 
by the, how should we describe our lovely, lovely producer? Amazing. Isn't she lovely? Stephanie Phillips and presented by Frequency Podcast Network.